The world of marketing is ever-changing and can be confusing, frustrating, and outright exhausting. Welcome to Unbottled, the marketing podcast where experts share their experiences, stories, and best practices on online and internet marketing. Featuring Steve Wiedemann, former marketer for Disney, Skechers, and other well-known brands. Break through the hype with real marketing tips from industry leaders. This is Unbottleneck. Hey everyone, this is Steve Wiedemann with the Unbottleneck podcast. Uh, today we're going to be talking about email marketing and a new thing that we learned about recently that uh, that you'll be excited about. Our guest today is Tim Watson of Zetasphere and Transaction Six. Traction Six. <laughs> so we're excited to uh, to learn a little bit more about how we can improve uh, our email marketing strategy and a little bit about how we can improve our business. So Tim, um, thanks for being on the show today, and uh, tell us a little bit about some of your your background in in email marketing. Oh sure, it's a pleasure to, to be here, Steve. Thanks for inviting me. Um, yeah, I, I, I've been, uh, you know, started my email marketing, um, uh, gosh, about 20 years ago wow. um, was, was my, my first campaign. That was sort of back in the Wild West days. Um, yeah. But uh, then, uh, you know, I really kind of got going big time um, about 2004, um, started working with a, a part of a, an email marketing vendor. Um, grew a platform there, worked with some really great brands on the email marketing um, before then setting up an international consultancy business around email marketing and worked with some more terrific brands and, uh, you know, never stopped learning uh, on the way. It's true. It's true in every discipline of, of digital marketing. I think every day there's something new, some new technique, some new uh, approach that seems to be working. Um, so that's it's kind of neat. So, you were twice elected a twice elected member of the email council at the data marketing uh, data and marketing association that's pretty exciting can you tell us more about that yeah you know it's a, it's a really good industry body um you know representing the interests of the direct marketer and data marketer um they they're sectioned into you know different disciplines there um, and one of those is the email council that represents the you know interests of the email marketing industry um and i you know i spent uh, quite some time uh you know contributing to that helping that and promoting best practices through that industry body um you know trying to get everybody to to do the right thing mm. um you know because obviously it's, like with a lot of things you know there's also some some not good things that go on um you know people i think we've all received they, enough of those in our inbox yeah you know the black hat stuff on, <laughs> on seo and and so on and you you know and there's there's the equivalent of the black hat on the on email marketing and uh you know we have to try and educate people out of the, the bad practices which do not work um or will work for a while but will ultimately get you into deep hot water at mm -hmm. some point so um, yeah, so really trying to educate the industry um, around best practices and, you know, from the ground, you know, I've always, uh, always sort of my fingers deep into email marketing practitioner as as well as, um, you know, theorist. <laughs> right. Yeah, I can tell you really enjoy it in the same way that we're, we're in love with SEO over here. Try to break into other areas, but, you know, the moment the thing that, that you're really passionate about comes up, you, you jump right back into it. I know how that goes. It's really exciting, though, working for um, and being part of that that council and setting the standards uh, of how things should be. I don't think we really have something like that on the SEO side 
um, you know, where, where there's sort of standards developed because it's such a mystery. The search engines don't really give away their algorithms. Whereas in, in email marketing, the, the platforms are just platforms for you to use. And it's, you know, developing kind of rules, regulations and standards is something you can do because there's no, there's no secret sauce, right? There's just experience and, uh, and A-B yeah. testing and, and just understanding your audience. I think that there's certainly there certainly is some secret source as well, and, and also there's some mystery things and some uh, obviously the inbox providers, um, you know, don't fully lift up their uh, cloaks and, and show what's <laughs> under it. So you know, there's right. there's lots of conjecture, guessing, and experimentation um, to understand how the email is going to be handled on that side. Uh, but you know, it's, it's true. One of the nice things uh, I've found about the email marketing industry over the years is it's it's really a strong community and actually um people help each other even you know, even kind of you know competitors and you get a bunch of of you know competing um agencies and consultants and vendors in a room and actually they share stuff and share stories um it's it's a it's a great community from that respect and and you know not many industries have that Right, right. Yeah, we have a little bit of that in, on the SEO side too. There's quite a few Facebook groups and LinkedIn groups and so forth where we all kind of get together and help each other and share and sometimes laugh, sometimes cry, you know, when, when algorithm updates happen. So <laughs> let's let's take a quick step back for those people who are kind of new to, you know, they're, they're just starting out on digital marketing. They've got their website up. They've been listening to a few of our podcasts and they've started doing some SEO. Um, let's, let's, Talk about this whole concept of email marketing, and in in your opinion, for somebody who's new um, to doing any sort of digital marketing, what what would you say is digital marketing, or what what is email marketing? If they came to you and said, "Tim, um, I heard I need to do this email marketing thing," what what is it? <laughs> what is email marketing? Um, yeah, I guess you know. In, in that case, you could ask, "What's marketing?" Because it's whatever that is by email, right? <laughs> but for us, it seems <laughs> broad. But for, for these these new businesses, you know, it's yeah. uh, a whole new world for them. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, you know, it's it's sending communication by email to promote the aims and objectives of the organisation. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and that, and it's actually covers a very broad range because whatever the organisation is, whether it's you know a charity, whether it's a um, consumer product whether it's a political party whether it's a movement whether it's a club whether it's you know it it's any of those things and all of those things in fact you know all of those industries and types of organizations certainly use email for communication sure. um and and what is it is it's it's trying to promote the aims and objectives of whatever it is you're trying to achieve and that's pretty wide because that could be to you know buy a product get ratings and feedback on a product, get marketing insight and fill in surveys, uh, join a movement, provide a donation, refer a friend, update your uh, video information views. online. Yeah, right. absolutely. And, and, and you know, one of the ironies of email marketing is one of the big, big users of email marketing is social networks. Right. <laughs> you know, social networks love sending emails to drive you back to the social network, right? That's true. Um, I turn my know, notifications off, it gets annoying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, they, they, they send a, a huge amount of email um, to promote their aims and objectives. So, you know, if it's a small, a small uh, business just getting going and then sort of thinking, you know, how do we reach out or how do we get back to people? Mm -hmm. Email marketing is a great tool. Um, and you know whether whatever it is you're trying to achieve whatever your objective is it's doing that via email um in a way that is customer focused of course 
right. know you can do you can do ppc you can do fco you can do direct mail you can do tv adverts and banners and billboards and all of these things mm-hmm. um the, the the thing with email is it's far more personal um you know when it's on a tv ad um or it's on a you know ppc it's not kind of got that personal thing about it sure. um and people you know they just ignore the tv ad they don't get upset and frustrated and annoyed that there was a tv ad so much or, sure. or there was a, a ppc ad whereas the inbox it's a deeply deeply personal space mm-hmm. um you know that you, you don't go into that space lightly um yep. and you don't go into it without you know uh, good permission reason and treating the other put you know the person you're talking to like i hit flag as spam probably 20 times a day (laughs) right right yeah yeah absolutely and and you know then the people who do that you know if if, if you're continually uh, having people hit spam on your emails then Mm -hmm. that sends a signal back to those inbox providers to say this send is not really someone that people like and they stop delivering your email to the inbox you know so that that whole feedback is actually one of the main things that the inbox providers the microsoft's the gmails use to decide whether the emails even belongs there in the first place so it's a yeah it's 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 a, it's a deeply personal space you know people get really offended quickly if you do things which are seen as as rude or uh, unacceptable or not within the expectation you set you know of that relationship sure and i know it starts when when a visitor gets to your website and they make a purchase, you give them the option of, hey, would you would you like to subscribe for deals and discounts and offers or news or, or anything? Or you give them the chance to, to you know, choose that they, hey, I'd like to be in this. And then if they do, then um, then they, for the most part, you can assume they're welcoming your emails. They want to see, you know, what you're sharing. And, and if they decide they don't, um, you know, they'll turn it off. But what's what's interesting for, for people who are new to email uh, in general, it's, some small business might think, well, I've got I've got 150 customers. I'm going to open up my email, my Gmail account, and I'm just going to start sending emails to them all one at a time, or I'm going to copy and paste a brochure you know, into my email. And what's great is that you don't have to do that. There's free programs out there, that uh, platforms that you could use to get started. And if you have a small um, list of people who've uh, opted in to receive your email, whether it's through your website or um, you know at, at the point of sale, you know, they 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 could do something there where they fill out a little a survey card and opt in for email if they want to. Um, however, you get that information, you can you can upload all that stuff into a platform. You can you can create using a template a pretty little email just to say hello and thanks for your business, to say what events are coming up, like you mentioned, um, and maybe you know depending on on what you're selling, maybe even some products. I know a a watch consignment site we work with, they send their their latest inventory emails, and they hardly get anybody unsubscribed for them because the the collectors of those watches want to know what's new, what just came in, because they're interested to see what's you know what's in the treasure chest, and and so um so for them almost every email that goes out is here's what's in, and it's just a list of products and what they what their current prices are. So I think emails, and it's a great it's a great way, like you you said, it's very personal. Um, it's a great way to convert more visitors who didn't convert the first time. Maybe they came into the website. Um, they downloaded something that they thought was was helpful or interesting. Um, they decided, hey, I, I really want to get more of this type of content. So they opted into the newsletter using the little you know form that's on the website. So when you do send an email after you know that that person did not convert into a customer, you can offer them discounts and incentives. You can take them down the whole buyer's journey, I think. So I think 
I think for those people who are new to email just in general, um, it's, it is a whole medium of what you could use to drive more conversion from traffic that didn't convert yet and um, get recurring transactions from those people who've already become, you know, brand uh, ambassadors by, you know, loving your brand and opting in right away. So you're right. I think that's it is a broad question, but I know so many so many folks are right now. It's just, how do I get traffic to my website? As you mentioned, there's there's a number of ways digital marketing wise. Right? There's there's SEO. There's which is you know optimizing the content to rank in search results. There's paid search where you're buying the ads in Google and Bing and so forth. There's um, you know there's email marketing which we, we we're going to talk about today more. Um, there's also referral traffic where you can go out to other websites and say, you know, hey, let's let's refer traffic to each other um, so that we can grow each other's businesses. So many different ways that you can drive it. So today it's all about email marketing. And so we'll uh, we'll get into this a little bit more in, in detail. And thanks for thanks for clarifying that for everybody, Tim. I know that's for those new people, it's it's can feel a little bit overwhelming. Well, thinking about that too, what what do you feel with, with 2021 being such a you know weird new year after the 2020 blur that we're all trying to forget? Uh, what do you what do you think are the top 2021 best practices for you know how to how to do email marketing? Yeah, well, I think we've we've spent um, kind of 20 years, you know, maybe more, um, ba basically focusing on trying to do what one thing, which is send the right message to the right person at the right time. Um, and that, you know, that really hasn't changed in terms of that's what you're trying to do is, you know, pick the right message to the right person at the right time. Um, the tools change by which you do that. Um, and maybe the message has changed as well. You have to be, you know, in these, these current times, you maybe have to be sensitive to um, people's situation as well. You know, there's some things which may be taboo. But the, the overall drive is, you know, how do we use technology and in increasingly technology to help us get right message right person right time so 20 years ago it was pretty much you had you know one message for everybody <laughs> um and and if they were on the list that was it you know that that was the kind of the segmentation they're on the list um but you know technology as time has gone on has allowed us to do more and more so that's really the you know the the, the difference that the, so the best the, the best practice there is segment your list get get to know and tag tag people who are on your list based on their purchase history their interests where they went on your website and that way you can you can segment who you're sending emails to and what messages you're sending to each group that's actually super smart yeah i mean it's done it's segmentation is is just a one tactic to you know get the right message there i mean increasingly um, it's around, um, you know, real-time messaging, dynamic content, um, having, you know, products slotted now. I mean, if you look at, you know, the really sophisticated enterprise companies, you know, mm -hmm. kind of the likes of the eBay's and so on, sure. um, you know, practically the whole message is generated dynamically. Uh, so no per no two people get the same message, you know, you it's generated dynamically for each person based on a whole multitude of parameters. So it's not really quite even a segmentation. It's a whole overlay of different things. But for the smaller businesses, um, then, you know, there's there could be some segmentation and simple segments by comparison with the likes of eBay um, in there. But the but also, you know, kind of one of the trends that I always or one of the things that I think people get wrong is they they stop talking to people like a human. 
in their emails and you know again coming back to the inbox is a personal space what people read is read in a very personal context um and so you're expecting you know you should have it in the customer language it should sound like a real person and not like marketing jargon um you know corporate speak and that you know icky stuff uh, like that um so you know best practices is you know talk like a real person um show character um, you know, stay customer focused, uh, talk about their needs, wants, wishes, desires, and, and not yours. You know, it's, it's no good sending an email, um, telling people that you're, you're brilliant and you're the best thing without telling them, you know, you should be telling them how you can make them, make them brilliant, how they can be the best thing, or, you know, it's, it's really about their world. Giving value, um, not just, um, bragging yeah. about. Yeah, I mean that you know it, it's it's that kind of like yeah you shouldn't just brag and send an email bragging about how brilliant you are and you've just won fantastic awards you've got all these accolades you've got to put it in the context of how that's going to help the person you're talking to um, and then be transparent about you know set set expectations on honor those expectations you talked about the sign up on websites and. Um, you know, whether people are signing up for daily deals, then you can send daily emails. If people are sent up for a fortnightly uh, That's what they uh, want. newsletter every two weeks, um, then, you know, if you send daily deal emails, they're going to be a bit confused, right? So, you know, ha make sure you set expectations and then honor those expectations. I love it. Yeah. When, when I'm thinking about 2021, you know, tying in a little bit of the other inbound marketing, um, our message seems to to uh, have a lot of uh, pandemic related content too we'll, we'll say something like um uh, we'll say something like um I'm trying to think uh here's here's how we're handling safety here's how we're um uh addressing it and google my business for example we've been recommending our clients use um use images that show how they're handling safety so it's like if, if, if brick and mortar and we're open because lockdown is over then right. Here's pictures of of us wearing masks, handing food through car windows, or putting them in trunks. Here's staff cleaning tables. Here's the kitchen staff, you know, wearing gloves and masks, and and preparing food in a way that's safe and um, and contactless. Here's a delivery service provider going to the door, um, putting the bag down, ringing the doorbell, backing up, seeing the person open the door and walking away. So little things like that, I think when, when people see that, they feel safe, they feel like I can trust this this brand, I feel like they're, they care about my safety. So I think in, in email right now, I think um, if, if businesses haven't yet, that's probably the first message. If you're a brick and mortar or you just do delivery, or if you go on site with someone and you actually meet with them, you know, the, the message you wanna make sure that you're sharing, at least right now, is um, how you're, how you're handling, you know, their safety and their subconscious need to feel like this this company and the people there aren't going to get me sick, right? Yeah, <laughs> I, certainly if you're a brand where you've got physical contact points with people, yeah. as you say, like um, you know, restaurants and uh, uh, and, and uh, you know, bricks and well, even even Amazon did it too. Remember when uh, when the pandemic started, they took like a month off or something, like a month or two, where they're only doing essentials, and then uh, they jumped into these videos and and just showing how the Amazon delivery people are, are being safe. And I thought that was really cool. So I think, I think a lot of businesses are doing a really good job of just making sure they recognize that it is a scary time and these things are going on and we're not ignoring it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think when it first hit, there was also a lot of um, 
kind of I know, copycat emails. Of, yeah. Uh, you know, so one brand sent an email saying, you know, our employees are our top priority. So everyone, oh, we should do that as well. And there's like everyone just sending emails about, you know, our employees are top priority. And it's and it's like, okay, so um surely that would have always been the case. And why why are you even telling us this? Yeah. <laughs> because should we be worried? What do you yeah? Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> have you just realized that your employees are your top priority or something? So yeah. You know, it's kind of a slightly curious message as well at, at, at times as to that. Yeah. Um, or even, you know, it's kind of like, okay, great. But if it's an off, you know, business which is not bricks and mortar and so on, you know, is it even widely applicable um, or relevant to the person? You know, you're filling up my inbox with messages about how you're looking after your staff. Um, you know, well, great for you. But, you know, hey, I've got my own worries. You know, my my, my uh, job's on the line or um, so on. I, I, I'm really happy you're looking after your staff, but my world's different to yours, and I'm right. worried about my world, not your world. Sorry, you know. Yep. It's, uh, yeah, which gets us to another topic. It's, it's thinking about that subject line and making sure if we are going to, you know, send a message and we are brick and mortar, um, you know, what our mom and pop shop, what are we, what are we going to say so that that they are interested? And then thinking about that subject line, it might be something like, "We're, um, you know, welcome back," right? I see a lot of emails saying welcome back and then there's some promotion or whatever that's going on right now and then they talk about the promotion but they briefly say you know um you know your your safety is important to us uh you know we we want to welcome you back and here's what changes we've made you know to address that and so when you come in for this new promo uh you know you can feel good about it that way it's not just you know sending just a random email with info it's it's actually offering some kind of value promotion offer deal special right something going on like that i think that's been actually it's been great for consumers i've saved so much money in emails where like save 30 percent and even some of the masks i like i like an, uh, a mask called halo uh, it's a really good like super uh, it's got a filter in it and you can actually breathe and your glasses don't get fogged up uh it's halo h-a-l-o and free what? shout out on this one but um they they send these these emails that are like 30 percent off 40 percent off and even though they're an expensive brand of, of face masks, they've, um, they've got me convinced that they're a great product. Um, and, you know, I, I get the email um, discount and I'm like, why, why would I not take advantage of a 40% discount if it's something I need, you know? So uh, what are, speaking of subject lines though, what, what do you feel are, are some subject line best practices to, to really maximize your success? Because I, I honestly, like I mentioned earlier, I click spam on like 20 emails a day and most of them I don't even open. I just see the subject right. line and it's like, you know, spam, 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 spam. What, what do you think with the subject line? Uh, yes, yeah, so I guess there's, a, there's a, a, a few things here. I mean, the first thing about subject lines is um, they carry a message, um, yeah. even if people don't open the email, right? Um, so even if you're kind of looking at it going, you know, oh, I'm not opening that, not opening that, not opening that, actually people have, you know, read the brand, read the message, maybe, uh, you know, got something from it. So there's there's a message in the subject line already, or there's a branding value to the subject line, even for an unopened email. So people think about emails only having value if they get opened, but they certainly have impact even if they don't get opened. Yeah. Uh, so that's something to think about. But, um, you know, there's lots of different types of, of subject line approach you can take you know question based a short subject line and a long subject line personalized by including 
a name or something about you know the a product or service that they've used before. not using all caps oh that drives me crazy when somebody yeah. sends an email and it's all caps in the subject line no. <laughs> um, yeah using using emojis using you know benefit based offer based uh, urgency based um you know urgency is a big drive of action in email for sure uh, you know, fear of missing out based subject lines. So, you know, a positive emotion or a negative emotion, uh, all of those things. Um, so you could take a subject line like, you know, getting quick for a $50 discount, right. or you could say $50 disappears at midnight, or, you know, could say, Steve, you'll kick yourself if you miss this $50 deal. So yeah. there's, there's lots of different approaches to the, the message in there um and you know truth be told there is no kind of one overall winning tactic if you find that um steve you'll kick yourself is a great subject line and it really resonated but then you do every single subject like that <laughs> every single subject line that then then people get bored with it you know they get numb to it uh people like variation or the, the you know you, you you can't bore someone into opening an email <laughs> or, or keep clickbaiting them right <laughs> well, thing. yeah you know th th that's that's absolutely true Be and, and with email people remember you um you know email marketers tend to think i'm sending this campaign you know this one campaign now and and they see it as an isolated event whereas what the customer is seeing is a continuous stream of communication and what's being said today, you know, how they react to it depends on what happened last week or the week before. And if you clickbait people too often um, that they open emails they and they wasted it. their time, then they go, oh, God, these these idiots again. I'm just going to delete it. You know, I, I open the last three emails. The boy, that cries wolf. Right. You know, yeah. And, and these guys tick me off about it. Um, so, so there's actually a need in the subject line to almost make sure the right people open the email. Um, like, you know, if this is if this offer is not going to be an email for you, do your customers the favor of being able to filter out that email from the subject line. So they just go, oh, it's such and such brand. Yeah, that's not something I'm in, in the market for. That's something I'm not interested in. I'll just delete it. But I know they're going to have something great coming along shortly. And they just delete it and they didn't get hurt by it. They didn't open it and waste time and energy. Whereas yep. if you use a subject line, which is, uh, you know, just got them to open the email and they open it and go, rubbish. That can um, get annoying after a while. Then next time, they're just not even going to look at the subject line. They're just going to you know, unsubscribe, hit spam, delete. So, okay. yeah, so, you know, you've you got to think about it like that. But the, the best strategy for subject lines is to mix up the tactics. Does that make sense? Don't no, stick to the same thing, you know, pick a, do a short subject line and then do a long subject line. Use a question based subject line. Steve, do you want a $50 deal? Um, okay. And then, you know, use a um, personalized and then use the benefit and then use an urgency. So kind of mix it up a bit um, is actually use words that you haven't used before and hopefully um, use some words that, you know, no one else is using. Sure. So your yeah. message is the same, but you kind of pick slightly different vocabulary. Just kind of rather than always saying awesome deal you know try and find some a different way of saying that um you know the you know after this world deal or something but just use slightly different words each time that's uh, really smart i can i can tell you a hack that that we tried a while ago when we we had that question from someone of of hey i, I don't have budget for anything and i need some help with what do i do with email 
I'm like, well, I know who to refer them to, but if there's no budget and they, they you're starting <laughs> from scratch, the best advice that I give them is I said, set up, set up a new email somewhere like a Yahoo email or, or another Gmail or something and subscribe to all the different companies that are in your industry, right? Just subscribe to like, like 20, 30, 40 of them and get all their emails, their, their newsletter emails and study them, study what, wow. what title subjects are using, study what, yeah. uh, what seems to be working for them. And then when you find ones that feel like, like, Hey, this is really compelling. It made me want to open it. Um, then you take your top ones and, and go to a site like Amazon mechanical Turk and you run a study and you ask which, which subject line would make you want to open the email? You know, you ask, you know, a thousand people for, you know, three cents each to pick A or B, right? And when you get to the end, you've got a nice little study that you did from anonymous users all over the world uh, around which subject line to start with as a test. Um, for a small business, as you get larger, you might use both titles or many titles and and run segments to see which one performs better. Yeah, but, run, run, run A-B split testing when you've got enough data to do that. Yeah, uh, you but know, when you only have 100 emails. So that was a neat hack, though, because then then you you don't have to reinvent the wheel because it can feel overwhelming. You know, it's like, oh, I don't I don't know what subject line to use. I can hmm. I could test something or try a question. But let me see what my competitors are doing. So they you know, you set up that email. You just watch the, the emails flood in from their newsletters, um, you know, and you see which ones really resonate with you. And then that start with some of those. So it's a it's a neat way to if you don't have a Tim Watson as a wingman, you know, to, to gain some insights and not have to reinvent the wheel as much. Yeah, that's 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 a that's a nice hack. But I, I'd add a little bit of one angle to that, which is yeah. don't you know be different though. You of know, course. it's almost like if everybody's doing it this way, then run in the opposite direction. Yeah. Um, yeah, don't copy anyone. Just draw inspiration. Yeah. What what was it that made yeah, you, want to get, you know to get inspiration? But you know, if, 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 if rather than like, oh look, they did a, they did it like this. We should do the same. Uh, yeah, actually, do you know what? If that's, you know, you're not going to get standout. Let's put our own spin on it. Let's make it better. Let's do this, yeah. but let's make it better. Yeah. yeah that's absolutely. how we beat the competition. I love it. Um, I got a controversial question for you. And this is oh, when yeah. you were talking about Black Hat back in the day where I remember there were networks. We won't mention them by name, but you could go to them with your brokered email list that you purchased and they would set up 25 different servers to send emails from to get all these different you know emails out everywhere um and you know buying a list brokering a, a list and there's plenty of them out there that do it is a is a uh i don't know if i want to use the word illegal but it's definitely something that can get you in a lot of trouble with uh, the folks that regulate the internet and spam and and so forth but we know all businesses you know just just like with seo I want to grow my organic traffic and I want to get um, really high keyword rankings on the email side. It's I want to build my email list. So because I realize my emails convert better because they're more personalized, as you mentioned, um, I want to grow my list. So how how do businesses that are still kind of new to email marketing, how do they get email lists? How do they grow their email list? Yeah, uh, you know, let me start off by saying don't go and buy a list. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Absolutely Please don't not. Do this. Uh, please, please, please don't do that. Um, you'll be shooting your feet off, and you know I've seen lists on you know eBay. Lawsuits. Oh yeah. Big offer for, for you know it, it's it's not worth the money. Um, even if it was one cent, it's still not worth the money, right? Um, and you know in the past, people have occasionally twisted my arm to try and help them with their 
their campaigns where they've got a, a lot of um, purchased or third-party data. You know, I, I just stopped trying to help people because it's like, you know what, this is not going to help you. It's not going to help yeah, me. These aren't your, these aren't your customers. They these don't know aren't you. your customers, yeah. no. Um, you know, you're arriving at the inbox unannounced. <laughs> it's not going to work. So what can you do? Um, you know, building good quality permission-based opt-in lists is, the, you know, the, the brands that do that enjoy the strongest success with email marketing programs. Obviously, you know, your website is the one of the number one properties where you can grow your email list. Um, the surprise tactic that works is pop-ups. Uh, you know, everyone yeah. I, you know, everyone hates them. Every time I say pop-up, people go, oh, I hate pop-ups. I'm not putting it. a pop-up on my website. On, on your order today. I see it. And, I, and I'll oh. do it if I'm already interested in the product. I'll still opt in and opt out later because I want that code. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Well, you opt in thinking you're going to opt out later, but then you get some stuff that you like and go, oh, maybe I'll hang around a little bit longer. So, you know, the, 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 it's the surprise tactic that works because, I mean, I've had so many conversations where people go, oh, we're not doing that on our website. We don't like those. And I go, I, OK, I understand you don't like it or you have some personal, but try it because you will like it because apparently your consumers and your customers like it because they do get used. <laughs> Um, but, you know, in short, where can you do, you know, the purchase process processes is probably the number one place because the people who buy from you are your biggest advocates, the biggest people, they've already displayed trust in you. So clearly providing, you know, opt-in and reasons to opt-in during the purchase process. Yep. Um, you know, anywhere where you meet physically, virtually your potential prospects and, and business partners, you know, build in methods of collecting email addresses and, and options to, to get email addresses. Um, you know, even PPC, I've, I've you know, work, work with brands who have a whole strong PPC funnel that drives their list growth. So they, they're doing PPC, bringing people to a landing page, um, them you know, offering them something there that's of value. People sign up. Uh, get the thing of you know a value free for free, guy, uh, but then, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, you know, and and then on the on the funnel, you're then uh, using the email and promoting other things, which ultimately pays. And you know, that's that's PPC to drive list growth. That that works as well um, for some brands. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, and I know it's it's it seems so challenging when you're like, how do I how do I get this this big list that I can send people to. And you're right, there's so many, you could use the other vehicles, you could use paid, you could use organic. I have a lot of, of content, you know, on, on our site, that's um, strategy, strategies for lawyers and doctors and free tips, um, local SEO checklists, right? I've got all these different things that I put out that are free content um, and they get most of it for free. And if they want uh, a little bit more, if they want to get a little bit more granular, they can opt in and, you know, get free eBooks and other things so that, that seemed to work for us on the digital marketing side for yeah. for someone who's maybe a a chiropractor or a local business. Um, um, it could get a little trickier because if, if they're not doing like you said, the e-com parts, obvious, they could do promotions. But if you're not e-com and you're just doing, um, you know, services, 
you know, you, you can get really creative and and tell stories. I've seen brands do some really fun things through email. One of my my favorites was the dad. I have um I have these t-shirts now. It's like the dad, and and it's neat because they'll they'll share funny videos that they curated from from YouTube. They'll share stories from Facebook and from Instagram, um, and they make it really fun and interesting and engaging. And somehow, some way between getting all these these emails that I, I you know started to opt into when I first went to the website, um, I found myself buying t-shirts. And I'm like, I wasn't right. why I subscribed, but because, because <laughs> yeah, of how well you liked it, it, it appeared, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, I could see yeah. myself wearing that shirt and embarrassing my teenagers. That'd be great, you know. Yeah. So, so it worked really well. The one thing yeah. that I thought was funny, though, by the way, on on the whole email list opt in was when you go to a website and you get the wheel of fortune thing and you get to choose, you know, or spin the wheel, you know, yep. to, and that it felt like for a second I'm like, are we back to punch the monkey ads? What's going on, right? It's like let's, but I still do it because I want to you know. gamification of it. Yeah, you know that that can work as well. Doing some gamification of the, right. you know, giving people a bit of fun. And what I liked what you're talking about with the content. You know, the uh, it's almost the um, uh, you know McDonald's. Would you like fries with that? Which is you know people are reading some content around uh, you know what whatever it is. Uh, it's on. Um, you know, long long tail SEO or something. Sure. Um, and then as part of that, you can have a pop-up which is specific to that page or topic, which is, hey, why don't you get our, our long tail SEO checklist? Just, yeah. you know, drop your email address in here and download the checklist. And that's the kind of, you know, if you're reading this, then you'll like this approach. You know, would you like fries with that? Rather than just kind of a generic subscribe for our, fantastic content you know make it really contextual to what people are currently engaging in right and that that really increases people's uh, you know subscribe rates then as well that's awesome and that's the goal right the goal is just to continue to find ways to get people to subscribe to broaden our reach so that when we do have some amazing thing that we've worked hard on whether it's a tool or a calculator or a template or a checklist or a strategy or a recipe um, you know, that we have a wider audience to share that with between the, yeah. the social media that we've grown um, and our email list that we've grown. You know, when, when we have 100,000 opt-ins and 200,000 followers on social media, um, one message could be seen by, you know, hundreds of thousands of people in minutes. So it's it's exciting. This is why we build these lists is to, you know, help our customers and also to, you know, continue to, to build brand equity, I think, right? Yeah, well, and, and you know, email's great for, you know, demand generation and demand response. So if you take something like, you know, search PPC, people have already got to have had the idea of wanting this thing, that something, this solution. But if they, you know, if they've never heard of it, if they didn't even know that was a possibility or that your brand provided it, um, you know, there's a good chance they're, they're either going to search for it or buy it from elsewhere or not even look. Um, whereas if you... Uh, you know, with email, you can actually help people understand what your full offer is like. Oh, you know, I've always been coming you to this. I didn't know you did that as well. Great that you've told me now. Um, you know, so, yeah, opening people's eyes to that new thing that you've got or that different thing. Um, they came to you for one particular solution. Now you can tell them about the other solutions that you do that may Sorry, well be. Yep. And, I love it. And, yeah, and you know, whereas with search marketing, it's all about demand response. It's only if they ask the question, can you respond to it? With email, you can do demand generation. 
Yeah, it's, it's like push versus pull in many cases. Yeah. I love yeah. it. Push versus pull, hundred uh, percent. Yeah. Yep. Uh, one of the questions that that came up when we were thinking about email marketing was around tracking. Tracking gets really complicated, and we notice a lot of smaller businesses will just put, you know, one URL to their website and. They won't even segment it. So when they go into their analytics, they just see a bunch of direct traffic. So we've, we've tried to show them how to use this, this cool new, not new, but this cool UTM uh, builder, right? This little tool that Google provides for analytics to allow you to segment you know, what came from email, what came from something else. So they go to this tool, they put in the URL, they put in some information about the email they plan to send out and Google gives them this little full path URL to use and they drop that um, you know, on the links that are within their emails. And, and then they can go into their analytics later and actually see email separate from something else. Um, larger brands will, will do something a little bit different where they'll put in a different code for each different link that they have within their email. Maybe they've got one link that's a, a button, another link that's a, a picture or a sentence or just a blue link within a paragraph somewhere. Um, do you have any sort of high level best practices as it pertains to tracking email and segmenting you know, the, the content and um, and campaigns within Google Analytics. Uh, yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I'm a big, big, big fan of making sure you use lots of tracking and and get lots of insight from it. So those those little UTM codes. Um, I mean, first of all, a lot of email platforms will automatically sort out the UTM codes for you uh, mm -hmm. to and give you a, a fairly workable use. Um, also, you know, on the email platform side, they'll generally give you the clicks by link in the email as well as clicks by campaign. So from right. the email platform side, it's taken care of that, you know, if, if there's a button link and a text link, you could see the difference between those. But if you want to follow it through onto your website and see what happens post-click, and you right. do, right? <laughs> yeah. um, then, you know, you need to set up the UTM codes. Um, Usually, you know, UTM source, you're probably going to set that to the email platforms that you're using. MailChimp uh, or Constant yeah, Contact. Exactly. Or you're driving email through, through you know, some, some different ways, like you've got some automation platform, you've got a broadcast, so you've got two or three different things going on. You might send up the UTM source according to that. Um, you know, me, UTM uh, medium, obviously, that's going to be email. Uh, mm -hmm. You're going to set that up. Uh, UTM campaign. Um, that's where you can then set that up for that particular campaign or that particular sequence of campaigns. Um, and then you can add on the, uh, you know, the UTM content and things like that to give you. Based on some, what they clicked on, right? Yeah, based on what they clicked on and, and see it a little bit deeper. Um, One thing I, th I think I've seen a lot of businesses do that that kind of irritated me is they, they ran campaigns and they forgot to put a date on the campaign even though you could go back and try to figure out what the dates were by using, you know, a, a filter. If you put the campaign name, maybe it's um, a shoe special or a blue shoe special. So you could do a blue shoe special underscore and then put the date of that campaign in there, however you want to format it, just so that, you know, when you are looking at all the email campaigns that performed really well in one view, you can see which ones really generated the most revenue for you and, you know, revisit those on your next year's campaign. That, 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 you know, that's a great tip, and I've, I've done that many times, which is kind of stuffing information into the UTM campaign. Unfortunately, yep. Google only gives us a certain amount of bandwidth as to what yeah. we can do, so you end up stuffing um, information into the UTM campaign. I do things like use, you know, date in fixed international format, underscore campaign name, underscore something, so you can then yep. 
um, do things like, uh, you know, regex expressions in Google Analytics and, and search for particular things um, based on that. So, yeah, using a bit of having a codification, right, rather than just <laughs> random strings of campaign. Yeah. Now I call this the sunny campaign, but actually having a consistent format and codification of how you write your campaign names and put into UTM campaign makes it much more usable. And honestly, what's what's quite stunning, you mentioned the kind of seeing the date. I mean, you're looking at Google Analytics and you go, whoa, hang on, someone just purchased from this campaign that was sent 18 months ago. <laughs> I mean, it just happens. I mean, you it, it's you you think, oh, people forget about emails, but actually, if it's a good <laughs> if it's a good email, people search their inbox. And they go back to it and they click on it years later um, and come back to it. You know, it's it's uh, has a very, do, very I long do. life. Guilty, guilty. I do the same thing. In fact, I use the snooze button and I'm like, I don't you know, have a budget for this thing yet, but I'm going to put it in for July and I'll snooze it till July. And then July comes. I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot about this. And so I'll I'll jump back in. That's, the little that's a trivia question for you, Steve. So, sure. so do you know what UTM stands for? It's the um, Urchant Tracking something. Urchant tracking the original Google Analytics. Yeah, yeah. The or before Google Analytics, it was Urchin, right? Yep. Uh, only us with uh, you know not too much hair know this sort of stuff. It's uh... yeah. When Google acquired Urchin, they they kept some of the uh, the features, and UTM I think was one of them. UTM was kept. Yeah. So yeah. it's a little, little trivia well, question. This, this has been it. awesome talking about email marketing. I I I know you've been working really hard on something new recently, and I feel bad that I. I stole so much of your time around email marketing. I just know that we've we haven't talked about that on the podcast. And I thought our listeners would would enjoy hearing a little bit more about what this email marketing thing is since they're seeing some of it maybe in their analytics and they're trying to figure out how they can get more of it. Um, but you've been doing something new. This is tell me about this entrepreneurial operating system. I'd love to hear more about that. Oh, sure. Yeah. Welcome. Um yeah, EOS. So um actually it started about uh, six years ago. Um, working with a business, I read a book called Traction by Gino Wickman, um, which captures uh, EOS, and uh, we, we implemented EOS into the business. It's it's a way of running the business, and I just you know it works so well. I just fell in love with it. You know that business grew fifty four percent to ten million over three years. Oh my god! And, and EOS was like a really important part of making that happen. Um, and I, I just became a total devotee of it. You know, the, the tools work. So, but yeah, what, what is it exactly? I, I thought it was your book, by the way. I went to your website and I was just like, man, this whole website is about this idea, this this philosophy, this um, this way of, of improving your business. And then I see the book and I'm just like, like, whoa, you wrote a book? Um, but then then I realized, yeah, you just, you fell in love with the concept and, and just built a yeah. business around it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it's, I mean, you know, in short, what is it, you know? Um, you know, what I do is I help business owners get what they want from their business. And that's, you know, by providing and helping them implement a complete proven system of simple, practical tools. And it focuses on three things called vision, traction, healthy. And mm -hmm. vision from the standpoint of getting everybody on the same page is where that business is going and how it's going to get there. And traction is uh, instilling the discipline and accountability so that everybody's executing on every part and achieving every part of the vision. And healthy just means creating cohesive, uh, functional teams and leadership teams. Because um, Steve, I don't know if you you know this, but when you put strong leaders together, 
they don't always work well together. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. happens, right? Um, and you know, ES is a way of getting you know uh, vision traction healthy, and uh, you know, it 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 just it just blew me away how well those tools work and all the you know kind of business experiences I had sure. and the startups I've been part of and businesses help grow and seeing the challenges um and it's like oh there's a solution for this <laughs> um so you know i, I how have you have you done this for already this training uh, sorry how many businesses have you have you provided this this oh, training? Um, I'm, you know i'm currently working with six businesses on this and wow. uh, implementing and it's you know they're having a great journey um it's really helping them yeah that's fantastic and it's exciting too because you're not just you're not just doing a service you um, you're helping a, a business get their act together you're helping them to to see more growth and more revenue which is i mean that's every business needs that i mean so many so many people get into business because they really are good at doing one thing and that's you know the one thing that they're <laughs> that they excel at other things that are part of the the business development as part of you know the business planning and the logistics and the the finance and the hr and the legal all those other attributes um can be overwhelming so sometimes businesses don't succeed they don't grow uh, because the business owner um is so focused on on just the service that they're offering that they yeah. don't have time to really develop their business and it sounds like the the elements of, of this new process sort of help align those things to make it to make it a little bit less overwhelming and seamless and create a roadmap, you know, to develop growth where I don't think uh, a lot of businesses, um, especially those small businesses that are, you know, have the specialist running them, um, ours included, <laughs> struggle. <laughs> you know, we, we struggled quite a bit in the first five years of our business because we didn't know, um, we knew e-business, right? We knew uh, how to, how to uh, build and design and develop and optimize and can convert a website, right. uh, but we really didn't have a lot of, of, you know, business, business experience. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And then what happens is, you know, you, you, you start growing the business and as this complexity starts to occur around you and you don't even really notice it and yeah. you're busy, um, you know, patching up and, and putting your, you know, something into the holes and the leaks and a bit of tape around something to hold it together and right. pushing it away and pushing forwards. And, you know, and it's just going on and growing and it's getting worse. And as the business is scaling and growing and it's doing well, but all of this stuff is just, accumulating at some point you have to um start you know working on the business and step out of the business work on it and start simplifying it creating structure um and that's that's you know what eos is all around is about helping run a, a truly great entrepreneurial company that's amazing um, i'm definitely we should definitely do another session to another uh a podcast just just talking about business development small business development i think i think a lot of folks that are trying to grow their business using digital who follow the podcast would uh, would appreciate something that's a a bit of a you know non-digital let's get away from digital for a minute and let's talk about how we can just improve yeah. our businesses in general um well i know we're getting short on time i'd love to ask you a, a, a few lightning round questions if you're up for it oh for sure go for a couple away. email marketing ones too to start with the first one ready yeah. <laughs> All right. What is your favorite email marketing platform for small business? Oh, a favorite. Um, I, I always say I don't really have a favorite, but, you know, MailChimp, of course, for small That's business, you know, everyone knows MailChimp. Everyone's heard of MailChimp. Well, I believe they have anyway. Um, it's it's a it's fantastic value for money. It's a solid 
good platform. Um, it, it's easy to use. You know, it's it's a, it's a great platform. There's other platforms around, um, but you know, I'd usually tell people if you're not sure what to use, Mailchimp's a great place to start with. You know, you can't go wrong. What about for enterprises, larger brands, and and let's we'll, we'll pretend it's an e-commerce brand. And you have ah. a big e-commerce brand, and we've got um, I don't know a million customers what what is a, in your opinion of the platforms that you've probably touched every single one of them uh, of the ones that you've touched what 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 did you feel was your favorite for enterprises so that's where it really gets tricky because um you know i always say particularly for enterprises you know you should be putting strategy first technology second and there's this sort of inclination for let's go and buy some shiny technology because that's going to make us into better email marketers. Salesforce marketing for us yeah yeah, and it, and it just isn't, you know, just isn't the case, you know, just buying shiny technology when you have no idea how you're going to use it, you're probably going to buy the wrong shiny technology because they, they still start to be a little bit different as they get bigger. They've got sort of different strengths and, and weaknesses. So is there a one size fit all for the enterprise? No, there isn't. Um, when it gets to the sort of larger platforms and, and so on, I mean, I, I do like the dot digital platform. Um, you know, I've worked with that a lot and I like it, but, you know, I certainly say think about what you want to achieve um, and then think about, you know, what what is the best technology fit for you rather than, you know, talk to vendors, um, see who has the most flashy, impressive, shining lights <laughs> and, and, and buy the that. overkill that you might not need. And especially if you're not an e-commerce brand, and you don't need uh, as much of that technology background and you're just sending marketing communications you're right you probably need something a little more lightweight yeah yeah absolutely absolutely you know you, you can yeah. do quite well on something lightweight um and and there are there's also add-on solutions or, or or sort of third party things so you can be using um you know a platform and then there's uh solutions out there like um you know fresh relevance mm -hmm. which will add additional functionality to your current platforms so they'll do you know product recommendation stuff and dynamic insertion of content so you can add extra functionality by buying uh you know a third-party sort of add-on solution or something that works and integrates with it and and some of those will you know help you with your website as well so they'll start to do some of the really clever stuff that maybe the email vendors haven't so you can you know you can turbocharge mailchimp or or many of the other platforms by buying a fresh relevance I've seen that in, in WordPress, even there's some plugins and some things that you can do to take advantage of other email platforms and do some really cool intake and, and stuff on the back end before it even gets into the email program. Um, so best tip, this is, this is a tough one probably because there's so many great tips that you've given already. Best tip for improving your email open rates. And I know you gave a lot of really good suggestions earlier, but what would be your number one thing that you would suggest to improve open rates? Probably um, personalizing the subject line. Okay, um, would be my my best tip. Is that my best tip? Yeah, personalizing the subject line um, rather than using kind of generic subject lines. Okay, um, but <laughs> maybe I should actually say my best tip for improving open rates is the earlier one, which is um, mix up your tactics. <laughs> don't don't just do one thing. But mix it up and do different things. So maybe I love it. Better. No, that's that's super awesome. Um, all right, 
I know you follow a lot of different social media platforms and, and you're in groups and so forth. If, if I wanted to become a master at email marketing and I wanted to follow some of the big names in social media who produce some really good content and tips around email marketing, who might I follow on social media? Aside from yourself, of course, everybody should follow. <laughs> yeah, who might you follow? Um, you know, there's some great people out, out there. Um, I know Action Rocket, um, uh, Elliot Ross does lots of very good uh, content around there. Um, you've got, you know, Email on Acid, their blog's usually very good. Um, email on Acid, is that what it's called? E email on Acid, yeah. They, they, they've got a great blog and, uh, you know, they're great worth following. Um, you've got people like uh, Jenna Tiffany and Kath Pay. Uh, they're, uh, you know, good good uh, people to follow and pay attention to what they're saying. Uh, yeah, so lots, lots of options for sure. Well, we'll put a few of those in the, the comments for those people who are watching the, the video on YouTube. So if you want to build a Twitter list of um, email marketing experts to follow, and we'll include Tim in that as well. Uh, you can do that. We have a SEO experts list on our Twitter at Wiedemann if you want to follow that as well for SEO. Um, now the really important questions. Uh, what is your favorite alcoholic or non-alcoholic beverage? Ah, well, um, don't know if I should say this. I'm a bit promiscuous. Ah. I, I, I have different beverages at different times. Okay. <laughs> so, so mixing I'm, it up like, like your subjects. Okay. Mixing it up. Yeah, I'm true <laughs> to my subject line. So, you know, one day I might be, you know, on a, on a little bit of whiskey, um, okay. you know, not old fashioned or something like that. In Manhattan, you know, those nice cocktails, but, you know, just straight whiskey and dry ginger. And then that next day I might be, uh, you know, onto some vodka base, something or a bit of vodka. Or just a beer. If it's beer, then it's IPA beer generally, yeah. uh, an English bitter, an IPA uh, or an IPA beer. Yeah, nice. Like, uh, I love that. I, love I, I had to stop drinking the IPA. I gained so much weight. I had the dad bod from from hell. So now I'm no more beers for a while. But uh, my favorite, I, I like a, a good mezcal, a, a, a tequila mix. That's my favorite. Right. But, right. See, like, yeah. But yeah, I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm not a one drink person. I'll. I'll take different <laughs> things depending on mood and environment. And Time of day and yeah. 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 Absolutely. Right. This is one that my my cousin and I have have thought about since we were about three years old. Superman or Batman? Uh, oh, um, Batman. Okay. All right. Batman. We'll have to talk about that later. That's interesting. Oh right. right. Is that the uh, wrong choice? <laughs> Well, we'll say, you know, that's, that's, that's definitely um, a controversial topic. And, and if you read some of my Facebook posts, you'll see some, some funny, I thought they were funny things that uh, my cousin didn't appreciate as much. Um, where can people find you online? If they want to contact you about the, you know, the, the system that you're working on, if they uh, are interested in asking you some questions about email marketing, what would be the best place they could find you? Uh, you know, LinkedIn is a great place to find me. Um, yeah. You know that that that's uh, you look look for me on LinkedIn um, website uh, traction6.co.uk. Uh, you'll find me hanging around there, zetosphere.com. Um, but yeah, you know, link with me on LinkedIn. I'd say is a good choice. Yep, LinkedIn is just LinkedIn.com/in/ta/watson. That's me. Yes. Right. So you should come up with a creative like like uh, email expert or something. Right? That would have been a, a fun thing to goof around with as you do your marketing. I, I grabbed SEO expert back when LinkedIn was still sort of new. 
Right. And, um, right. I actually get offers for it now. Like people are like, I'll give you $10,000 if you give me the SEO expert. And I'm like, no, it's who wow. I was. I'm not, there's no money that you could, you know, put to that. Yeah. yeah. So, Nice. Well, Tim, this has been so much fun. Thank you for sharing with with everyone some some things that get them started on email marketing. And um, I'm sure a lot of folks are going to be really interested in talking to you about how you can help them with their business as well. Um, any um, any last words for those people listening on what we talked about today? Uh, yeah, um, don't be too afraid uh, when it comes to email marketing. As in, um, you know, if it, you don't overthink it, uh, don't be too afraid of what you're doing. Don't, you know, don't do daft things like <laughs> buying data. Um, but you know, don't, don't buy lists. <laughs> yeah, try, try, yeah try. it's okay to try a couple of things. You get a certain amount of goodwill from your list, and they'll just, uh, they'll just ignore it if it wasn't quite right and try it. And sometimes you'll find out. The things that you try and you thought didn't work will work. Um, so try to park your perceptions a little bit at the door and try it rather than, um, you know, not try it. And mix things up. Yeah. Love it. Well, Tim, thank you again for being on the show today. Thanks, everybody, for listening. This has been another episode of Unbottlenecked, a podcast that helps with common marketing problems. And we will see you on the next show. Thanks, Tim. Cheers, Steve. Bye.